Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. Ty and I are nine hours removed from watching Loki Episode 6. And boy, is there a lot to talk about. Maybe there isn't. I don't even know. There's plenty to talk about, Jay. Um, This was a dialogue-filled episode that was literally just explaining the future of the MCU, it felt like. And... I just there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to comprehend. I still haven't fully comprehended how I feel about the episode as a whole. Um, positive, but still, I don't know. Well, yeah, and then to piggyback off that, we have a Marvel movie to review. Yes, all Marvel episode. Uh, Black Widow finally released a year and a half later in theaters. Disney premiere access thirty dollars, which I believe is what you did, Ty. Which why didn't you go to the movies? I don't know. We were out of town for Vegas, and we were doing shit. Should have gone wanted, in Vegas. We just wanted to stay home. Well, we weren't in Vegas when it came out yet. Oh, okay. I was going to say, go to South Point. South Point has a good movie theater, and it's cheap. Yeah, we came home Thursday. Gotcha. It just was a lot, so I just I just bought it. Watched it at home. Got to rewind it and recheck things. Well, I told you this last night on the when we recorded the sports episode, which is also live today. Go check that out if you're a sports fan. Within the line, sports. Um, this was my first ever movie on IMAX. I mean, we just had the that, complete opposite experience on this. That I paid extra money for a ticket because I, I told Riley, I was like, I want to see this in IMAX, and whew, Man, my score's biased. I'm, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I can't wait for it, Jay. Let's get into it. 20, 20, 10, 5, High fly ball into right field. She is gone. I don't feel so good. Hulk smash! Hey, look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Loki episode six. Spoilers, as always, if you haven't watched Loki Episode 6, pause this podcast, maybe fast forward to the Black Widow portion of this, um, but yeah, you need to watch Episode 6, obviously, before you listen to this podcast. I don't think I need to tell you tell you that. Spoilers, as always, Ty, 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 J, 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 J. They did it, man. They, not Kang the Conqueror, I want to make that very, very clear, it was He Who Remains. Yep. Um, it was Nathaniel Richards, Immortus, whatever you want to call it. It was not the King the Conqueror version of this character. Yes, it was similar to Sylvie being uh, Loki. 
Um, they, they did it. It was it was him. I was shocked. I was not expecting it. I told you that before. I thought they were just going to tease us, and Kang was going to show up in the post-credits a la Thanos. The jump scare with Miss Minutes really pissed me off because I was like, oh, fuck, they're going to make her the villain. I kid you not, 15 se- – maybe not even 15. I didn't get scared. I saw everyone talking about it being a jump scare. I didn't jump because five seconds before she appeared, I was like – I went like, hello, y'all, like because I was just being stupid <laughs> and trying to – tell riley that's what they were gonna do and then they did it and i was like kind of laughing and i was like they're not doing this no way but then when she said like oh he and i was yeah. like okay okay we're good now <laughs> so, um, exhale um but man they did it you know i thought it was gonna be another loki that made a lot of sense to me i watched a video about like it was a uh, screen crush i'm sure you've watched some of their videos i don't know if you know them by name but yeah the guy made a really compelling point which i've broken down the episode before he broke it down from a storytelling perspective about how this whole show has been about Loki's character development and the the one way to finish his arc would be to beat himself, mm-hmm. like a narcissistic version of himself. And I was like, shit, that's genius. Like, that's what they're going to do. That's not what they did. No. They didn't do Miss Minutes. They didn't do any kind of bait and switch. They did. They just went for it. Nathaniel Richards, they did a version of Kang, and they set up the fucking multiverse, uh, something we've been talking about for a while. And a lot of shit's going to go down. And I don't know how I feel. This is... You know, similar to, like, when they showed Thanos at the end of Avengers 1. And, yeah. like, you do – I remember doing the reading in the car because I was, you know, 14 years old, 13, 13 years old when that movie came out. Wasn't Didn't really know who Thanos was. Wasn't as in tune with it as I am now. And, like, just doing all the reading about what Thanos is about and the Infinity Stones. And at that time, I was like, the Infinity Stones? What the hell? Like, yeah. Even though, <laughs> you know, the Tesseract, they pretty much knew was going to be one. But it was like I, – I just I, – that's how I feel. I just don't know. There's just so much intrigue. It's fucking great. Um, they they have limitless possibilities from a storytelling aspect, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was blown away that they actually revealed him. I think Jonathan Majors was fantastic, yeah, on screen as that version. And I wonder if when we see him again, it's a more serious acting role, different characterization of it. Like if oh, this yeah. was a quirky fucking I've been isolated I'm a genius yeah. type character, and the next time we see him, it's different. And then if we see another version, it's different. And he keeps acting these different roles, but I liked him a lot in this episode, too. Yeah, before touching kind of on what's next, just the episode itself, you said Jonathan Majors, he did fantastic. Um, you know, Owen Wilson and the girl who plays uh, Lavora, Lavora, Navora? Ravora. Ravora. Ravona. <laughs> Ravona. Um, <laughs> terrible. I didn't even know what you were saying. Um, you know, they had a pretty, they had a good scene. You know, Owen Wilson didn't have much of the shine this episode. That's fine. Um, but just from an acting standpoint, it was all Jonathan Majors. This was a dialogue-heavy episode. Yeah. Didn't love, if I'm being honest, the fight scene between Loki and Sylvie. Um, I, I just kind of – it was there. It felt out of place in the episode, and it looked like they were dancing. Like, But it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not complaining too I much. think with this series, I mean, it's been so dialogue-heavy and story-driven. Yeah. Um, the first episode, the action sequence was a back-and-forth between Loki and Mobius. You know yeah. what I mean? That was the action of the episode. Um, so they threw in a fight scene, but that wasn't like they had to because it's the finale, yeah, and it's Marvel. But like this wasn't that kind of show, yeah. Um, and and you know it was there, but it was everything around it that made it. Yeah, and so and then the TVA in our timeline, which I don't even I don't know if call it our, but I don't even know what exists anymore. You know, they she was able Hunter B ninety B eighty five B fifty whatever fifteen fifteen uh, was able to convince the other TVA agents what was going on because they showed the real version. Of uh, Ravona, you know, as a high school principal, I would assume. Teacher, um, yeah, whatever. So something's going on there, and then we have a whole new timeline at the end with that cliffhanger. 
Um, where do you want to start? I know you got talking points. There's a lot to talk about the future of the MCU, what this episode set up. We said last week, I mean, it was pretty self-explanatory. Like everyone kind of knew that they were going to have to do something to set up these next three movies. And we broke down why they don't really have any other way to set up the next three movies, you know, the whole multiverse dynamic and they did it. Yeah. Um, I, I loved the, the dialogue with King because it, it was very, he's not King with that version of King. (laughs) Because it was very, like, menacing in a way where he was like, you can kill me, it's not going to change a fucking thing. Yeah. Um, he was like, another version of me will exist, and you see them, you, sh- you know, Sylvie's like, fuck it, does it, and then you just see everything branch into chaos. Love that. Yeah, which, so, they cross the threshold, which is the threshold of when it starts branching, I'm assuming, and when he doesn't know what's going to happen anymore. Um, you know, when you're dealing with time stuff, that's all confusing to me anyways. Like, yeah. Because if you're on, like, an infinite time loop, like, I, I don't understand why there was a point in time where he no longer knows it. But maybe that's because he knew the Lokis were coming and something was going to happen. I don't know. I Again, it's it's confusing when you're dealing with multiverses in time. Um, but, you know, they reach that threshold, and then he kills him, and he's like, you'll see a different version of me, blah, blah, blah. So, I don't – it wasn't so much him dying that caused everything. Like, because that's what I was like – because you said they could have controlled the TVA, but mm-hmm. – they ended up killing him, but I don't think it was literally his body that was holding the timeline together, was it? So I think it was the events of killing him and not taking power, just letting things be that allowed for everything to bring. Well, and at the same time, the TVA was also being convinced that they weren't, you know, variants, so they obviously weren't fixing any of the branches that were happening at that point in time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that just that sets up a whole thing. Um, the episode itself, talk about the ending before I go into what's the future. There's going to be a season two of Loki. That was the the end credit scene, which this is I've never wanted an end credit scene more. And for them to just be a season two tease and not give us an end credit scene is so unlike Marvel. They don't have to. (laughs) It it hurts. It hurts my soul. See, but here's the thing. Like, I was thinking about this, like. The last scene of the show, like, was an end credit scene. Put it after the credits then. (laughs) Like, yeah, they could have done that and it would have everyone been like, what? But they just did it before the credits. So. I mean, it's just wild to have, like, an end credit scene on episode four. Yeah. And then just, like, we're not going to do one on five or six. We're just going to have a random end credit scene. That's Marvel, buddy. They just do whatever the fuck they want. We're just going to eat it up like the little <laughs> fucking piggies we are. <laughs> no, but so the the final uh, scene of the movie. So we have Sylvie, you know, not movie, show. You know, Sylvie's crying, whatever. And then it goes to Loki, and he's back at the TVA, and he's trying to figure shit out. Goes to Mobius. Doesn't remember who he is. Top ten heartbreaking moments of the MCU. Um, and then it pans over, and he sees a statue of Kang, and it's a different version of the MCU, or not the MCU, but the different version of the TVA, I should say, a different timeline, whatever it is. He's obviously not in the same place. Um, whether you know there was theories that the the TVA is in the quantum realm, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's still true. So maybe I just that, that that's the most confusing thing about this to me, and how they're going to do that because. The TVA, in its essence, is, you know, it's one sacred timeline, but they're opening up this multiverse thing, and you can't really have a multiverse and then one sacred timeline where there's King. So, I don't know if he's literally just in a different timeline where this is a different version of of the TVA. Like, he literally got sent just to another universe, you know, like one of the branches, and that King has already taken control of that TVA um, and is maintaining his own timeline. I don't know. So I think the thing is when they kill the Immortus version of King, it allows for the other realities to happen, which allows for the other versions of King, which allows for another multiverse war in the future, 
which the TVA is outside of time. They have access to the beginning and the end. Yeah. So it allows for another multiverse war. It allows for another king to conquer. <laughs> um, and then he takes over and has the TVA. And that all happens instantly because they're outside of time. Yeah. So when he returns, the second Loki returns, that he's in that new reality in which a new king has rose and created the TVA and is now ruling. But I don't think this TVA has replaced the old one is like my thing. Like I think, oh no, I think it definitely has. I my my thought process was it's a completely different quote unquote universe, multiverse, and like this is his version of the TVA in this other universe. Because I think in my head that's the only way they could have Loki do a season two about the TVA and everything that's going to happen there, but then still have the events of the MCU. It's almost like the MCU's like so it's a multiverse war and the MCU is kind of like on this timeline and whatever happens, you know, and Doctor Strange is going to have to fix whatever. And then Loki ended up on a separate timeline over here where, you know, King did the TVA again. And maybe they'll intersect in the future and that King that owns that TVA will, will try to rule over, you know, all those other ones. See, but it's I, I think since it's outside of time, there's only one TVA, much like there's only one King, like that location that they went where they could see the timeline and everything. There's only one of those. But and it has scene, access to all everything. But they had a scene of Mobius and B-15 before they didn't remember Loki where they seemed normal. They had like – there was the one scene where he said, does he want us to stop all these branches, whatever. But then there was the scene where they – like they saw each other or whatever. And they were like for all time or whatever. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think there's two different versions of Mobius. I don't. Yes, I agree with that. But I don't think that the TVA he used to work at, he's probably – on the third level down below Loki having the same shit happen. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Okay. I think how Loki showed up in a new TVA, they are also in that new TVA somehow, some way, just as confused as Loki. Okay. But I see how do they connect that to the MCU and not make it like... Because if they just replace the TVA with a new king, then in theory he would just cr- create his own timeline because... If it all happens in an instance, that means all the other kings theoretically already fought and there was, you know, the new Immortus or whatever and all that bullshit. But that happens 31st century or whatever in the future, as opposed to where Marvel is right now in the past, that none of those events have happened, despite the fact that it's happened in the TVA outside of time. <laughs> I don't know. It's confusing. It is. But I think there's a way for them to do this and it to make sense. Um. And I'm just excited for the inevitable Spider-Man trailer that's going to drop. Oh, yeah. It'll probably drop on Friday. Um, there's Wait, pro- is there know. any big events coming up? Not that I know of. Oh. Would have been perfect for, like, an all-star game. They really fucked this. If they just would have waited one week, they could have put it ahead of Black Widow. Yeah. But I don't think they planned on putting it ahead of Black Widow to begin with, and they just wanted to get Black Widow out. But That's true. They didn't want to take away from Black Widow's shine. How about that, Ty? I would have bought tickets for Black Widow just to see a Spider-Man trailer in theaters. Why? It would have been on Twitter fucking 15 minutes later. But it wouldn't have been on the big screen. (laughs) Um, And we're probably going to get, I feel like, three different Kang deaths. Maybe more. I'm I'm very excited for this villain. Because we had, you know, this version get stabbed. We have whatever's happening in Loki in the TVA. He's eventually going to conquer him. And then we have the MCU where there's probably going to be another version of Kang who goes back in time. Well, he's he's in Ant Man and yeah. the Wasp. Yeah, so. and they're gonna fight him in some capacity. So, it might be a they have this, and maybe they do Phase Four, and they do the whole you know King is kind of the big bad of this phase. I don't know if he's the Thanos and he's gonna be here for the next twenty movies, or if he's just gonna be the the Loki to the Thanos, and they're gonna eventually bring Galactus. I don't know about that. 
Um, but Galactus is the eater of worlds. So maybe with more multiverses, he wants to eat all of them. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I, so I think we were going to get him dying in that capacity in the regular MCU, you know, movies are defeated, I should say. And then probably Loki season two or however many seasons they do. Loki defeats the final version of Kang. And they, that's how they, because I think they're going to open up the multiverse and they, they, they want to have it. Cause it's just such an easy fucking way to, I mean, that's why they did it in the comics. It's just such an easy way to get rid of people and bring them back and have storylines. And so I think they want to have the multiverse in their back pocket, but I don't think they want it to be moving forward in the hit. Like cause in the next few movies, it's going to be chaotic. There might be multiple Spider-Mans. There might be multiple Dr. Strange's multiple Scarlet witches. Like, you know, it's going to be chaotic and I don't think they can operate like that you know for the next 10 movies i think it's they're gonna quote unquote fix it mm-hmm. where the other universes still exist but they're not intermingling but then you could still have the these other universes exist and they could go between each other you know in a certain way and that's how you explain why spidey can go to the sony universe and maybe come back and you know the x-men is probably going to be how they bring them in because i don't think they're going to do necessarily you know just a regular origin story like these guys have existed this whole time um, how you explain Deadpool. Um, very convenient. They dropped the Deadpool Korg thing. Fuck yeah. I know it was to promote Free Guy, but still, those are you had to get Marvel's permission to do that. Yep. Um, so I think that's what they're going to do. I think in the next you know five movies, however many movies, they're going to quote-unquote fix this between Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. Maybe not Spider-Man fixing it, but um, Eternals. All these movies. Something will happen where they quote-unquote fix it, but then still have it to use you know when they want to eventually bring robert downey jr back when he doesn't have any more movie deals (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i don't know i love what they've done and how they've set up this villain because we've had thanos but the thing was like they killed thanos and then they went back in time and fucking killed him again Mm -hmm. and that's it but the thing with him he was like yeah just fucking kill me it doesn't matter yeah and that's so intimidating to where it's like you're gonna have to find a way around this you can kill this guy and beat him multiple times and it just does not matter and that's fucking sick from a story writing perspective. Well, it's going to come down to the Fantastic Four because they're connected. And, you know, there's the whole Reed Richards and Nathaniel Richards being connected. So I'm sure that'll be when they eventually, quote unquote, defeat Kang is when they get the Fantastic Four involved and we get a Fantastic Four Avengers team up. Yeah. Where, you know, it's the Fantastic Four and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and Wanda and everyone else I'm forgetting. And it's just going to be badass. <laughs> It's going to have to be something along the lines of uh, Doctor Strange 1 where it's like they're going to have to outsmart him in some way. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, like, defeating him. Yeah. Which will be interesting to see, and I am i can't wait for all the chaos that ensues in the meantime. Yeah, I don't know if he necessarily will appear in the next two movies. Because um, the next one's, what, Spider-Man, right? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a chance he does. So I think Spider-Man is just going to be a – I think Spidey, Spidey's going to have his own story. I don't think he's necessarily going to be part of this bigger picture, but I think his story is going to be caused by this bigger picture. Yeah. Like, that's why there's all the other villains and everything, and he's going to be battling that, which is a result of that. And then at the end of that, we'll probably get a Doctor Strange, you know, either at the end of the movie or an end credits, you know, tease that leads into Doctor Strange and Wanda and everything. And then, you know, they'll they'll do their thing, and then maybe at the end of Doctor Strange is when Kang, you know— is either end credit or whatever, and then that sets up Ant-Man, which, I'm going to be honest, wasn't excited for Ant- Like, Ant-Man has just been kind of the most boring Marvel property so far, even though they have maybe the biggest star um, Fair. Paul Rudd. Fair. And now I'm super stoked for it. Yeah, a- Ant-Man 1 was good. You know I don't like Ant-Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just with just with the small little taste of Jonathan Majors we got in this and his character and his acting skill, um, I can't wait. 
Yeah. I, I hope that it's his movie. Yeah. Um, because he was fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to this character. And, I mean, it's been, what, six weeks now that we've been theorizing this? Yeah. And I can't fucking wait. That I'm so happy they actually did it, and I just want more. Well, yeah, the next movie, though, is not till December. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and what what they do with Sylvie moving forward and Loki, yep. if they're just going to keep them to their own show. I thought maybe they were going to somehow interject Sylvie into the, the mainstream MCU, which they still can do, um, you know, in some capacity. But just the whole, like, you know – replacing the Loki character, but then also having, like, you know, the, the woman power and everything, and which is great. I'm not trying to say it in a negative way. Because um, Sylvie, the, the actor, has been phenomenal. Um, oh, absolutely. So they can still do that. I don't know if we're going to see Tom Hiddleston back in this, quote-unquote, MCU timeline anytime well, soon. So I think what we were all expecting was this was it for their stories. Yeah. Um, and that's why we were expecting them to be back. It, season two, I'm assuming, is going to revolve around wherever Ravona went. Because King, yeah, we didn't even touch on that, but continue. So King obviously allowed Miss Minutes to reveal a certain amount of stuff to her. Yeah, because she was like, "This isn't what I asked for," and she was like, "He thought this would be more important." And then she leaves. It's never revealed what that was, whether that's his identity, searching for free will. So, so I don't know if he revealed his identity and sent her to a timeline where he exists to help him regain power in a different way or something. Um. But I feel like season two is going to revolve around that and whatever she's doing to, I don't know, find a way to allow the multiverse exist. Because that character is weird to me. While while she was a villain, it was like she was been lied to and she couldn't accept that. Yeah. So she was just kind of in denial, still searching for the answer she wanted. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting. But like that and with the other Lokis, that's just going to be their season two. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, she goes to a timeline Shit, maybe she goes to like maybe his whole thing was like, "Hey, go go to this timeline. There's another good version of me. Tell the good version of me of, of me about this, and so this can you know just repeat itself." But maybe she goes to that timeline, finds the good version of him, the good variant, and maybe she's a little manipulative and she wants power, and that's why she said she wanted free will because she's not not had free will, and maybe she turns him evil, and maybe that explains how. You know, the end of Loki, how, you know, he saw the, the statue of King. Maybe that's it. Because in the comics, she's his girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Or her, yeah, his girlfriend. Um, so maybe it's something like that. Maybe she finds the quote-unquote good one or whatever, manipulates him, whatever, and then he turns bad. He does all the same shit, you know, he who remains, but then it's, you know, this bad version of the character where he's like, I'm not going to lie to the timekeepers. You know, Ravona tells him, like, don't lie. Like, just fucking rule. Yeah. For all we know, it could be a good – I don't think it is but because the statue looked menacing. But it could be another good version of Kang. You know, he could be he just, way nicer. And it could have just been Ravone, Ravona being like, hey, don't lie. Just tell these people the truth. It could be Ravona, much how, like, this Immortus used the timekeepers as, like, the little puppets facade. Yeah. Ravona could be using Kang as a little facade. She's the one in charge this time. Very well. Because obviously in this quote, in this new – you know, the new Mobius – you know, in, in the comics, there's multiple versions of Mobius, um, and that's why there's probably – are we going to get the Mobius, like the it. 10 Owen Wilsons in one scene? I fucking need it. Um, but, you know, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, he obviously knows that it's Kang, like, it's Kang in charge or he who remains or whoever because he says he – does he want us to just not, you know? Yeah. So it very well could be he's – that's still a good version of, you know. I don't know, man. He had the villain get up. His outfit was a little different in the statue. He looked menacing. He was just looking over everything. Yeah. It felt like an evil statue, you know what I mean? It, it did. It did for sure. But it didn't look like a war hero, I did something good. It looked like a bow to me. Yeah. 
I don't I don't disagree, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Marvel like because I don't know the timing of Loki, you know, season two, but I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel goes through the next six movies, you know, like I said, quote unquote, defeats him with a Fantastic Four. And then we get Loki season two, like right on the heels of that. And it's like another version of Kang. And they build it up like he's bad because the one we saw in the MCU and the movies is bad. But then it turns out he's good. And there's like a bigger evil they're fighting now. And I don't know. There's just so much they could do. And I don't, there's. I think a lot. Lo- a lot of it depends on when they do season two. As well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, because there's so many different story points that they could pick up at. Yeah. And tell their their twist on it. It just depends on. Because obviously no one knew about this, so no one knows when the fuck it's going to come out yet. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, before Doctor Strange even, if they pumped it, if they recorded two seasons back to back. Yeah. Um, it just didn't tell anyone. Whether it's after fucking Ant-Man in four years. I don't think it's going to be soon. I I would guess just, it's just an educated guess, phase five. I think they might wait till this phase four, which... How they break up the phases, you know, I don't really. They need yeah. a team. The team-up movie is always, like, the, the end of the phase. So if the team-up movie is theoretically, you know, the Fantastic Four, which it should be. Like, if you're just Marvel, you're like, hey, we're going to do a Fantastic Four movie and then do a Fantastic Four Avengers movie, you know. That's the moneymaker. Um, but they're still setting up so much other stuff, too, because um, you got anything else on Loki? No, no, go for it. Because um, this is parlaying into like what else they're setting up. Because everyone's talking about the multiverse and all the fun stuff there, and that's why I think they're gonna solve it. But there's still gonna be that lingering issue, whatever. But because they're setting up, you know, like the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts, who I was reading like are actually good. Do they start bad and then turn good? No fucking clue. I don't um, know if it's like a Suicide Squad thing where it's bad guys. I think doing it, good that's kind of what it was. Um, but they're setting up this other thing that's gonna play into it too. And is that the team up movie, the Avengers versus the Dark Avengers? Um, because you know, you, everything else they've set up and the young Avengers, I don't think the young Avengers are anytime soon. I think that's just them laying the groundwork for six years from now. You know, um, yeah. I think they will be part of it, but I don't think it's going to be like their team anytime soon. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, and they, like we said, they could have set that up in this show as well with Loki, uh, the young Loki, but they're just, they're setting up so much stuff and they continue to set it up in black widow and Spoiler. credit scene. Um, before we get into black widow though, Ty, let's take a break. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Black Widow tie. Mm. The first Marvel movie and shit, almost two years. Uh, Feels like four. I mean, two calendar years, 2019 to 2021. About a year and a half, I believe, Far From Home was our last Marvel movie, and that was like December? Yup. 2019? Sounds right. Man, I mean, I'll be honest. I wasn't excited for this movie. Um, You know, going back in time, kind of Black Marvel, uh, Black Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel kind of deal a little bit. Um, like not prequel, as far back, but yeah. not a full prequel. 
and excuse me sorry for that and just in general i don't know i just was wasn't very excited for it um saw some negative reviews about it um some people i think are a little bit too critical of it and there's some some arguments i want to break down there is one argument that i definitely think is valid um and we'll get to that when we get to that that category I personally was not affected by that argument. It is the same thing you told me about a, spe- a specific character. Mm, yeah. Um, the Taskmaster character, I'll just say it now. People were not happy with how that character was portrayed. Um, I didn't have as high as expectations because I'm not as in-depth into the comic books themselves, so I wasn't as affected by that. But I saw some other things like, you know, some people were saying that it didn't feel the same because they already knew that she died in Endgame, and so they, they knew she wasn't going to die here, and she was just going to win in the end, and that took away from the story. Um, I think that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Because <laughs> newsflash, the hero always wins. Yeah. Like, I mean, you just go to a movie expecting that. There's been one superhero movie where they haven't won, and it was the first half of, like, a story with Infinity War. Yeah. And you knew they were going to win an endgame. Yeah, and, yeah, Tony Stark died, and, you know, they rid off, wrote off Captain America, but, like, we knew that was going to happen heading into it. Like, everyone knew their contracts were up. Like, 95% of these movies, the, the good guy wins. Yeah. The hero lives. Like, if that's what hurt it for you then like do you I, I just, like did you really think dr strange was gonna die in the first dr strange <laughs> did you really think spider-man was dead at the end of infinity war yeah. even though they already had far from home announced yeah um it's just yeah so i i don't like that argument at all that's a stupid argument um but the synopsis here jay as we break this down natasha romanoff Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to break her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Yes. That's good enough. Yeah, so it takes place in between Civil War and the end of the movie is pretty much leading into Infinity War. Yep. Um, like, right, right then and there. Um... Yeah, it's just it's not an origin story. It's like a it was like a faux pas origin story. You like that phrase faux pas? I don't even know if I used it correctly. I don't know what the fuck it means. Faux pas means uh an embarrassing or tactless act or remark in a social situation. So that was just completely incorrect <laughs> by me. me using faux pas in that manner was a faux pas. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um it was like an origin story but not an origin story. So they did they did a good thing where it was like a, a new story in between these two films. That kind of explained some of her origins. We already knew some of her origins, but explained kind of her family origin and whatnot, and then yep. connected that to the modern, you know, MCU and moving forward. Um, which I really enjoyed that because origin stories can get a little tiresome. Um, you know, Marvel is the best at doing them, but some of their worst movies are kind of the, you know, like Thor and you know, they, this was a good one. This is a good way to kind of give her her own spotlight and kind of explain her background and use that background to propel forward. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, my my only complaint is that I wish this would have came out chronologically. Um, I feel like it would have done more for her character in in the Avenger movies. Yeah, um, because it just it feels like it fits so perfectly into that time frame of Marvel movies when it takes place. Yeah, um, as opposed to the weird shit we got going on now with Loki and WandaVision. This kind of feels out of place. Yeah. Um, with that being said, it was it's a really good fucking movie. Um, I like the story they told. I like how we got to see more of this character that we've been wanting to see more of. Um, and it was a fun action flick that while you knew how her story ends, you still got more stuff branching off from this, you know, Loki talk here, <laughs> branching off from this movie 
that can continue in the future of the MCU, um, which I like a lot. Yeah, and I think the reason they released it when they did Phase 4, the first movie of Phase 4, I mean, I think there's there's two reasons. One, um, you just look, and this might this is the lesser of the reasons, but you look at their release schedule between Civil War and Infinity War, and they had five films come out in, you know, less than two years, <laughs> you know, a year and nine months. Um, you know, Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, like... It would have been hard to fit that into there. But B, more importantly, I think it's because this movie, while it is Black Widow's film, it is more ironically – I don't want to say ironically, but it's almost in a backwards way an origin story for you know her sister. Yelena, um, yeah. And kind of her impact moving forward. So it was a weird thing where they used the Black Widow kind of character and gave her her own film to set up – you know, her sister as, you know, the, the character moving forward. So instead of being, you know, uh, what, y- Yelena? Yelena, yeah. Yelena. Instead of being a Yelena origin story, they turned it into a, you know, Yelena, you know, a Black Widow movie that explained Yelena instead of being, you know, like a Shang-Chi, you know, origin story kind of film. So I think that's why they did it the way they did it. Um, kind of similar to Captain Marvel. I mean, that, you know, that movie took place in the 90s, but they released it when they did because, and the same thing with Ant-Man and the Wasp, like just kind of explaining Infinity War and I don't know. You know, and the, the, the end credit scene, spoiler, of course, you know, sets up stuff we've already seen with uh, U.S. Agent and the, the character played by Louis, Lou, Louis, what's her name? Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Yeah, um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You know, so that was supposed to be the introduction to her character because Black Widow was supposed to be before Falcon and the Winter Soldier, was it not? Oh, 100%. Because I know they both got pushed back, but mm-hmm. um, so that was supposed to be the introduction. Like, that was her Nick uh, Fury moment, and then, but it ended up being backwards, but... So they're setting that up, and so I think that's you know that's kind of the phase four thing right now. We talked about with Loki, we got the whole multiverse, but we also have the Dark Avengers slash Thunderbolts slash all of that, and that's what this is um, kind of leading into with her, with her sister Yelena maybe being part of the bad the Dark Avengers. You know, she's going after Clint Barton, um, and that's going to play out in the Hawkeye series. Yep. Um, so I, I think it's going to be I think she's going to be part of the Dark Avengers, and then maybe flip flop like at the end, kind of to be the good guy, kind of like how uh, Wanda did, you know, part of Ultron's or not Ultron, but you know that deal yeah where she was so. villain and then at the end re- kind of got redeemed yeah um yeah i fully agree with that i think she's gonna be part of this team because she thinks it's the good team mm-hmm. until she realized she's being lied to mm-hmm. um but just overall is this movie um i fucking loved her character yeah she was great uh she was fantastic she was the bright spot of the movie for me I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Florence Poo Poo is what I was calling Whoa, her. I really didn't like that. <laughs> I know. I rescind it now. But I had to tell you that I did call her that before the film just to be funny. But she deserves more than that. Yeah, not Poo Poo. <laughs> you look at her filmography, though, and she's been in a lot of good shit. Not a lot of bad shit. So, Oh, yeah. Um, she was fantastic in this. Um, and just to circle back to the, the Dark Avengers and everything before we get into our patent pending movie ranking scale. I'm just – it's exciting because you have U.S. Agent, which is, you know, bad Captain America, give or take, you know, and he's got the serum now, Super Soldier. Yep. You have, you know, uh, Yelena, who's black, black, bad Black Widow pretty much, you know. Um, She-Hulk or what they do there, Abomination. Abomination, like, Bad Hulk. Whatever kind of Bad Hulk they're going to have, um, that he, that's probably going to be in it, you know. Shit, maybe – I don't know. Maybe they'll do a bad Hawkeye somehow. Maybe she will get to Clint Barton and she'll turn him evil somehow. I don't know. Like Kind of like they did in Avengers. <laughs> maybe they use Taskmaster because he got his bow and arrow. Yeah, Taskmaster is probably going to be part of the Dark Avengers, um, which I know a lot of people are disappointed. I think the best is yet to come with that character, hopefully. We'll see. Um, so I'm excited for that and how they're going to do this Dark Avengers V and what they do with the multiverse. Go back to Loki, who they bring in from the multiverse to be part of this bad Avengers. 
What if they? Oh, dude, they're not gonna do it. But what if they brought in like a bad? And it doesn't have to be RDJ. But like, what if they brought in like a bad Tony Stark? Well, I think that's uh, Justin Hammer from Iron Man Two. Three, two. I thought he was the guy in three. Mm-mm. That was the guy who could explode and turn into fire. <laughs> Is he still alive? Justin Hammer very much still alive. Yeah. And he was like his rival tech guy who was also making suits of armor. And we're going to have the Armor Wars. Yeah. That series coming up. It just seems like he'll be introduced in Armor Wars and then join the Dark Avengers prior to that. And you still have the potential for Wanda to maybe do that a little bit because she's so mad at everything. The Vision that escaped in WandaVision could very well be part of that, even though he seemed like he got a little bit of a face turn there. But he could be. Like, there's just it, – it's it's cool what they're setting up, and you could see it coming between that and the Young Avengers. Um, and what else they could do, you know, moving forward in the, in the film properties we don't even have yet, you know. Venom, if they ever – I don't think Sony gives that away for that. But nah. if they did, like, that would be fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, and just going off what she's – what we've already seen, like they're trying to get this bad black widow to kill Hawkeye. Yeah. What if she succeeds and yeah. all the Avengers are gone and you have the dark Avengers and we get dark Avengers versus young Avengers. Cause they're the only ones left. They've been setting up. I don't know if we're going to get that. that they've soon, been setting but... up both. Well, who knows how long it takes to fucking set this up, yeah. but if they're setting up both teams, what if that's to get them to show, you know, face off? Yeah. That'd be sick. And we also have the fantastic four and the X-Men eventually and Deadpool. So just a great time. Um, just just mutants, Jay. They actually haven't confirmed X Men yet. It's gonna be the. F- you know what they're gonna do? I'm calling it now, and you could go back to this pod, and I'll I'll forget I said this, so it won't matter anyways. Okay. They're gonna fucking do a mutants movie, and everything's gonna happen. It's gonna be the fucking X Men, but they're not. And in the end of the movie, they're gonna be like, "Well, what do we call ourselves?" Cut to credits. And it'll be something stupid. Yeah, probably. Something, yeah, or they'll just say the fucking name. They're not naming the movie that because they're going to say it at some point, and then the fucking theater is going to go insane. No, you're entirely right. But <laughs> um, but back to Black Widow, getting to the patent penny movie ranking scale. I'm skewed because I saw this in IMAX. We already discussed one of our categories, and you were not happy with my score. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I don't care. Okay. And you were trying to trying to prove something. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. Story, plot slash story tie. Out of 20, for the audience that do not are not familiar with this, I gave it a 15. Gave it 14. Okay. Right around there. Um, I like the story they were telling here. I like how it was stuff from her past mm-hmm. um, to kind of team back up with the former, quote-unquote, family she had on a mission mm-hmm. to, you know, beat something that she thought she had already taken care of. Yeah. Um, it made sense why it was her solo story because she thought it wasn't an issue anymore. It wasn't on the Avengers' radar, mm-hmm. um, and she couldn't contact them. So it perfectly played out how I thought they needed it to. Yeah. Um, it was lacking in some departments, which kind of feeds into different scores, I will say. Um, but for the most part, I thought it was a well-written movie. So the one part it might be lacking in, which I think you you might touch on. I've seen other people touch on. I do have a counterpoint to that, and I'll just touch that. If you even have that argument. I don't even know if you have that argument. But no, it was it was a solid film. Um you know, kind of explaining it. I mean, it was kind of run of the mill in a sense. Um, But I mean, it it was a good told story. There wasn't any like plot holes. I mean, there were some moments like some, and it's a problem with these superhero movies when you have someone who doesn't necessarily have superpowers is like, how much can black widow really take? Mm, Like they, they deal with that problem, you know, in this movie, like she falls off that building and hits like five different things and then just gets up, just grabs onto a ledge. And she's like, I'm chilling. Um, So that's, like she's a badass, but she doesn't have superpowers. She Correct. doesn't have at least this this the serum, you know, to go off of. But yeah, 
it is what it is. It's a superhero movie. Um, I really enjoyed the opening sequence of this film, like, a lot. It's fucking incredible. You know, the whole, like, just the, the family when they're kids and just the dad gets home. And, you know, and I, I didn't know I, – I knew it was Black Widow's origin story, but I didn't – like, you know, that was her past. But I wasn't expecting him to break out, like, a Russian accent and everything. I, I don't know. I just – it was good. Just that and the opening credits – the opening credits with the song, like the cover over it, and like the different like shots of the red room and like different shit. Oh yeah, 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 just fantastic. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, best part of the movie, but the movie was still good. That was just so much better than the rest of the movie because it was incredible. Yeah, just that that whole first sequence. It was action packed. It was like you get into the movie with this kind of family dynamic, and then it's just like boom, boom, boom right away, and you're just like, what the fuck's happening? And it, it was it, the girl they cast to play. Uh, Florence Pugh as a young looked just like her. That's yeah. great casting by them. Girl who played uh, Natasha Romanoff didn't really look like her, but that's all right. She had the dyed hair though, so we knew it was the thing. Yeah, she likes changing hair colors. Um, and it was good. I I, I liked it. The story it was what it was. Fifteen. It was good for a Marvel movie. Or it was it was a good story. You know, kind of run of the mill for a Marvel movie, but you know it was good. Yeah, it it was a spy thriller. Um, you knew what was gonna happen most of the time. Um, but it was. It, there wasn't any holes. And the plot was not taken away by the fact that we knew she wasn't going to die in this film. Not even a little bit. So let's not even go there. Because they used facial shit. And her sister was wearing the vest she wore in, wore in Infinity War. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And Riley's like, that's the vest uh, she wears in Infinity War. And I said, thanks for ruining it for me. She's like, we've literally seen that movie. I was like, I didn't realize that. And that would have been a cool moment at the end. It was. She did give it to her at the end. Um, <laughs> so visuals slash cinematography. Now, you said you have watched this in IMAX. Yeah, and you're trying to say I fucking watched it at I, IMAX. I get, I again, was not saying that one bit. You're trying to prove some fact that I didn't see it in real IMAX, which I nope. did. No, just wanted to make sure you did for your enjoyment so you could have got the peak cinematic experience. When I did. It seems like you did because what's your score? 20. <laughs> now, you laugh saying that because you know it shouldn't be a 20. All right, all right. Give it an 18. <laughs> I give it a 12. 18 is better, but... A 12? Yeah, it just... While things were shot well, um, artsy, the Red Room, all that kind of shit, every visual effect looked like shit in this movie. Not on IMAX, baby. Every... I and mean, I watched it from home, my 4K, Ultra HD, fucking high dynamic range, very nice TV, and it all looked like shit. Okay. Like, the, sh- the camera work and everything, that opening sequence and the opening credits, great artistic cinematography. Their visual effects team um, were very, very hindered. Give us, give the audience some examples of some of the VFX things you had an issue with. So, the, um, the Red Room little vials, when those broke mm-hmm. and, like, they went into the air, looked like shit. Okay. Looked very fake. When Yelena stabbed the, the jet that the villain guy was in, mm-hmm. aggressively on a green screen. When yeah. Black Widow jumps off the Red Room thing and is falling down and, like, grabs rails and is jumping through. Just so rubbery and animated and fake, it's not even funny. Okay. Um, every visual effects, the fire wasn't even that great. Every every computer visual effect looked bad. Much worse than Black Panther. I don't know. Black Panther overall is probably better. But I don't know if you could say it's worse than the, that final scene in Black Panther. And it was. I Are you... Uh... And it was consistent throughout the entire movie. Black Panther, because Black Panther was like that train scene is really bad with the two (laughs) fighting. It's really bad. 
And there's some scenes that are on par with that through this movie, except all the other scenes are also bad in this movie. See, I didn't have that problem, Ty. I thought I, it all looked real. The only thing I ever noticed was one of the, the like the stunts. Uh, they didn't film it in a way. I could tell it was uh, Black Widow's uh, stunt woman. You could, like you briefly saw her face, and I was like, oh, that's not. What's her name? Which stunt? It was just like when the ship was blowing up, and I think it's when she exploded, like when she let Taskmaster out of the room and then she exploded. I think that's when it was. The falling through the air scene looked like shit. I thought it looked great, bro. I, while I think it's pretty fucking bitching and a cool idea to fight while falling and jumping <laughs> off things, looked bad. Look, IMAX, all I got to say, Ty, is you've never experienced IMAX, and it fucking changes you. I don't ever want to see a film not in IMAX again. It was – the aspect ratio was fantastic. You get more of the screen. Yep. Even the previews, Ty. Like, I was watching the previews. Like, that's when I knew I was in for something nice because I was watching the previews of, like, fucking Jungle Cruise, and I was like – Man, that looks good. You know, and I did a lot of research heading into this film because we went down the hill to watch it. And um, for those, you know, who might not be from the high desert down the hill, it's just on the freeway. Like, I drove like an hour to see this film. I didn't have to. I literally have a movie theater that's a two-minute walk from my fucking apartment. Yep. Um, But we didn't get to do anything on our anniversary because Maurice had the shits that day, my dog. So we made a day out of it. I took my grandma to the airport, and I was like, okay, we're going down the hill. Let's go fucking see it in IMAX. And then we watched the Home Run Derby at a restaurant. But – so I did some research, and there's the Regal, which has IMAX, and they also have their own thing called RFX, which is like their version of IMAX. We were going to go there, but the, the times were weird to see their IMAX. Um, so then we went to this Montclair place, and it was fantastic, man. It was just the RFX I was reading has much better sound like because they can't get the same visuals because the aspect ratio – because these movies are filmed like for IMAX. You have to have a special camera, IMAX camera for yeah. these films. So it's like regular visuals, like better visuals, but not IMAX visuals, but they like just lean into the sound. And I guess they put, like, bass under the seats, and you could, like, feel it rumbling and shit. So I'm going to try that next. That's pretty dope. Um, they also have a thing called Screen uh, 4D or Screen X at the Regal. They fucking turn the side of the fucking theater into a screen. So it's like a like a like like that when you're watching it. So it's like if I'm watching it, it's like that wall and, like, a quarter of the right wall and a quarter of the left wall is all fucking movie. Which I don't mm. feel like that might look like shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would like that one. I mean, bit. it's not the normal wall. Don't get me wrong. It's the yeah, projector it's thing, but... I don't think I'd like that. I, I kind of want to try it for like a if movie. If I'm looking one direction, I want the movie to be in that direction. Well, I think the point is you're kind of sitting there, and it's like you're watching the thing in the middle, but you feel, you're supposed to feel. I'm sure if, if, a, if, a, if a studio filmed it for that, it'd be great. Like they filmed it where there's, you know, the side, it's kind of like not really important. It's just like atmospheric. Mm-hmm. But for regular movies, yeah, it probably doesn't look good. It probably just looks fucking stretched. Plus, like I, I like watching Marvel movies. There's Easter eggs. I don't want to feel like I can't see the edge of the screen and catch those Easter eggs. I do want to try it for a movie I don't give a shit about just to see. That's fair. Just maybe, to experience it. Maybe a movie in the next coming weeks. Um, But I want to try RFX. But IMAX, man, it looks great. The aspect ratio just – I sat there multiple times like, wow. And I don't ever want to see a movie not in IMAX again. This is a, a a you know a message. I spent like thirty six dollars for the two tickets, which was expensive for like a two thirty on a Monday. Yep. You know, if I stayed here, it would have been seven dollars a ticket, but that's okay. It was great. You need to write to our local theater and tell them to get on it. Like, I need an IMAX near me. It was a cool theater too, because it was at the Montclair Mall, and it used to be a Macy's. And I've I've watched it, you know, because I sometimes take the ten when I used to go to school, and like they demolished this two story Macy's and they turned it into something, and I was like the fuck are they turning that into? And then we get to the mall and I'm like, I wonder where this movie theater is. And then we get there and I'm like, Oh, it's where the fucking Macy's was. So it was like, it was weird. Cause you could only go up on the second floor and there was only, there wasn't that many theaters, but it was so fucking tall. And it was a good experience, man. I, I highly tie. I highly, highly recommend IMAX next big movie. Spider-Man. 
you and I, Victoria and Riley, we're going down the hill. We're going to see an IMAX. I like it. Right, I'm saying that right now. We're going to spend a little extra. Start saving now. Save like a nickel a day, and you'll have enough. <laughs> Start a change jar. This is my Spider-Man movie fund. <laughs> it, you'll you'll be like, Jay, you were right. I, I hope so. I mean, it very much skewed your score because this is a bad-looking movie. <laughs> okay, so maybe 15, meet in the middle. Maybe that's fair. But yeah, I mean, we I think we generate a nice little <laughs> average there, and I still think 15 is too high, though. I think 12 is accurate <laughs> um, because it it didn't look good, but it is what it is. Um, can't tell me this looked better than the fucking Tomorrow War tie. <laughs> or this looked worse than Tomorrow War. It it did. Easily did. Three points worse. Um, key elements, Jay. Gave it a 17. As did I. Okay. So this is... I thought you were going to say key elements. I thought, because you said some of the plot things goes into the other categories. I thought you were going to talk about the family dynamic. Were you going to talk about that? I was in characters. Okay, so I'll save it. Uh, Go for it. Well, I mean, no, that's I, this isn't element. the character itself. So, the, the A, the spy movie. It was a fucking spy movie. Hand-to-hand combat. We don't have the crazy, you know, Thor's hammer and all that shit, which it's all great. I love it. I'm not trying to shit on it, but this yeah. is more hand-to-hand, realistic combat. Um, I did laugh at the one scene where they were driving in, like, uh, South America, wherever they were, and they were getting chased by that big armored truck by Taskmaster because mm-hmm. it was fucking a Fast and the Furious scene. 100%. And I leaned over and I told Riley, I was like, if this was Fast and the Furious, Tyler would hate this, but he probably loves it because it's Marvel. I, it was 100%. I was laughing at the fact that he just was like, just didn't care that there was other vehicles in the road. And she. It just, she. I, we didn't know that at that point. I'm assuming <laughs> it was comic book he. Um, just just po- powering through cars like they were It was like a Fast and the Furious scene. Entirely. It was like stripped straight from it. Yeah. Um, it was fucking hilarious. Um, but it was, a, it was a spy film. That was great. And I liked the family dynamic, Ty, because... One of the complaints I saw from someone was they said they weren't able to recapture that same family moment that they did in the beginning. Mm. And my counterpoint to that is that was the point. Bingo. They weren't a fucking family. Like, it wasn't meant to be like, oh, you know, joyous, let's get all back together, and it's like a family again. Like, no, they're fucking fractured. It's They're supposed to be kind of it's that. shit show. Yeah, like, you know, and you, you have the moments with uh, Yelena, like, saying it was real and stuff. But then at the end of the day, like, the whole time, it's like – you know, they're not a family. And even at the end, it's like you get a little bit of that, but it's not fully there yet. And I, that was the point. I don't th- – it was that yeah, it was a fake family. It wasn't trying to be a family movie. Entirely. And even with, like, the the Red Guardian character, she her being like, do you have anything to say? And he's like, ah, just mess it up. Like, they're very aware that they're a shit show. Yeah. And it's like, this is a nice moment. Let's just enjoy it while we can. Yeah. Because it's – you know, that was the whole point of it entirely. Um, but I think outside of that, their dynamic's great when they're all on screen together. Yeah. Um, I thought David Arbor was fantastic. The Red Guardian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very entertaining. I liked his character. Um, apparently he's A little bit of humor. Very, Yeah, very funny. And apparently he's signed on for a multi-movie deal. Okay. Um, so I can't, I can't wait to see more of him. Because mm-hmm. he was great. Um, Natasha was, you know, Scarlett Johansson was great in her role. However, she just, she just, there was nothing compared to Yelena in the, the family dynamic aspect. Well, let's just jump straight into characters then. Characters, I gave it a 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. I gave it a 14. Okay. Um, I thought you were going to be lower than me because Taskmaster. Taskmaster stinks. I Villain thought that was stinks. Gonna... See, I knew that impacted you more than it impacted me, but shit, I wasn't expecting a 17 out of you there. I really like David Arbor and, and Florence Pugh in this. Yeah, David Arbor was good. Uh, he Good com- comedic relief. Yeah, I really liked Florence Pugh as well. 
um, the villain. And in these movies, I kind of weigh that as, you know, that extra maybe five points. Like, not just Taskmaster, but, like, the villain himself, like, he was menacing. But he just felt like a generic, you know, kind of mob boss, kind of. You know what I mean? Um, Which he, he did his fine. I didn't hate him, per se. But I've seen the depth of – and this movie didn't need a fucking villain with a ton of depth. They're not trying to, you know – you know, do the the Black Panther where there's a little bit of the social commentary behind it or, you know, the depth of some of these other villains or even, like, the twist of, like, a Spider-Man, you know, homecoming. They didn't need that from it. So I'm not necessarily, like, I don't hate that it was bad in 14, 7 out of 10. If you do it that way, it's fine. It was just, it was good. Like, you know, once I get into that 17, 18, 19 range, that's when I'm talking, like, like Elizabeth Olsen, Emmy nomination, Oscar, maybe buzz kind of deal. Yeah, I I really liked the family, and while the villain was awful, um, Drakov, it was Drakov. Thank you. He, it was very much like a, just a generic comic book bad guy. Marvels had this thing where at the beginning they had awful villains, and it was very noted, yeah. and everyone that was, was like their weakness, and then they turned around and tried making nothing but redeemable villains. Yeah, um, Killmonger, you know, he had a point to it. Everyone loved him. Thanos had a point to it. Hello was okay. Vulture was fantastic. Mysterio, while not necessarily redeemable, was a very interesting, complex well, character. No, he had character. a bit of a redeem because the whole Tony Stark kind of stole my shit kind of thing. You yeah, know? like he, there was motives that made sense. This is very much back to the phase one where it was like, this is just a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's no redeemable. He's not redeemable in any way, shape, or form. He's just a dick. Yeah. Um, and with that, bad guy has little mini boss in Taskmaster. Who that reveal was so weak because you knew who it was the entire time. I didn't. Okay. I didn't thought I, it was a lot more obvious. I I didn't. I wasn't like, don't get me wrong, I wasn't like <gasps> but I, I didn't I it was just they go to reveal it and at that point in the story, like, who else would it have been that would have been shocking? I'm gonna be honest, Ty. I'm gonna be dead ass honest. I thought it might have been a robot. <laughs> I don't Okay, again, I'm not very familiar with the character from the comics. <laughs> Because they go to reveal it, and it's like there's only been one, like, oh, this this person died. Like, there's no one else who it could have been revealed as. Yeah, in hindsight, it definitely is obvi- obvious. Um, I just was not really thinking about it. So I'm sure if I would have thought about <laughs> it, I would have picked it up. And so it just makes it weak. And, and it the issue of, like, no characterization out of the villain that we spent a lot of time with, as opposed to Dracoff, who just kind of is at the end, is you look at other movies that have done this. And you get, like, the the uh, Thor movie where you have Loki, who's, like, the main villain, but then you get that, like, metal giant thing who's just like, ah, I'm going to kill Thor. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool fight scene, but that doesn't add anything to the story. Yeah. Um, and they could have done it differently where, you know, you spend more time with Drakov and you are, you know, it's revealed that it's his daughter as Taskmaster and there's emotional moments and there's shit that makes sense. Yeah. And it adds to the story and why they're fighting and everything else. But you don't, and that's very weak. And that's why I lost all three points, because I loved the main cast. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's kind of a a problem with the nature of how they wrote the character, because she was fucking under his like spell, so she was just like a silent assassin, and you can't really add the depth to that character while staying true to what you're writing the character to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that being said, people who have been shitting on it, which is rightful, I'm not going to sit here and be, you know, pro Taskmaster. And I know he, he is a badass in the comics and this kind of, you know, downplayed it. 
different but similar to the Mandarin where you get this really big, you know, character that people are excited about and then it's just like kind of a letdown in that department. Yes. Um, you know, if this was just some random comic book, like, you know, henchmen, like, you know, it would have been what it was, but it wasn't. You know, it's a big deal in the comics. That being said, moving forward, you know, they have the ability to expand on that depth. She's obviously still alive. Um, it's a big character in the comics, so I'm sure she's going to stick around and, you know, be part of this, whether she's Dark Avengers and then turns into the good or she's just bad or whatever the case is. Um, they have the opportunity to expand on that depth of character more, and maybe that's their plan. Maybe they did kind of be like, hey, we're going to punt on this a little bit here and build on it in the future. That's what you would hope. Yeah, just the issue with that is even if they bring her back, she had zero characterization in this movie. So it's like we were introduced to the character, but but we weren't. Well, she was under the spell, so the way to write around that is like now she's not. You know, she's back to herself. Absolutely, and... but you're still starting from the ground. Like it's like another intro for this character almost. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe she's in a in a show. Like you know, they could. That's a good way to build that character up. Is I don't know where she fits. Not in any of the properties coming up soon, but maybe she's in a show. You know, and that's how they build that character up. And you know, they've done it before. I mean, Thor wasn't fucking. Thor was very one dimensional and kind of boring, and now he's you know. His own thing, but yeah, they've also fucked it up with Hulk, so I don't know. <laughs> correct, <laughs> very correct. I, I I have faith that they will redeem the character in term, you know, in relation to the comics, and give the the hardcore comic book fans who wanted more more of the the Taskmaster that they're hoping for. I mean, look at Winter Soldier, the thing they've the things they've done with him, and I mean, he was more compelling to start, but you know, I trust in them. Yeah, I, I just think for what they did with this character, I'm sure they could have got some random armored villain yeah. from the comics and just made it some random person no one gives a shit about, and that's the mini-boss. As opposed to using a character that people know about and enjoy and has been used in multiple like video games and shit and yeah. properties to where there is that mainstream focus on him. And then her in this movie. I don't know if to call it a him or a her because... Her. Just both. we'll say her. Um, but then to focus on that character and really not do anything with it just feels like a waste. Here's an idea. What if they did something like he has his armored badass, whatever, whatever it is. She? Well, not. I'm not saying her. Uh. I'm just saying something completely different. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, the big badass. Oh, Drakov has. Yeah. Gotcha. The big badass, whatever. But there's, like, maybe subtle hints. Like, they don't reveal um, Taskmaster yet. Whatever the case is, they have someone else. Taskmaster's not in the story at all. And then in the end, when the ship's blowing up and, you know, Black Widow's kind of making her way out, she finds her, like, kind of being, like, maybe he's holding her, like, in a cell or whatever, and they're, like, experimenting on her or doing whatever, trying to create that. And, like, that way they introduce Taskmaster and they don't have, like, this dud of a movie, and they kind of, she kind of gets her out of the ship and she saves her. And then you set up Taskmaster for the future without kind of so- soiling the character in this film you know what i mean entirely better way to do it yeah um and i get that that the reason they used this character was to villainize drakov even more and the misogyny and being like yeah i don't even give a shit about my daughter i'm just gonna turn her into fucking killing mm-hmm. machine and like I, I don't give a fuck what happens to her like I, I don't give a shit about girls yeah i get that but drakov as a villain sucked and you wasted a possible good villain in taskmaster trying to make a sucky villain better yeah and just the whole like I get it, like, the whole, like, girls suck. There's too many girls, like... Come I, on, guy. I, I get Come it. Come on, guy. Yeah, I, it was just... Yeah, I don't know. It felt kind of lazy, but I don't know. They, they could have done better, but it is what it is. 
It was I the had weak a, point. I had a talking. Oh, the one thing I did like about the character was seeing him fight, seeing her fight in like the Black Panther style, and then like the other kind of fighting styles and doing some of the moves. That's what's dope about the character. That was cool. They did give us a little bit of that, which was cool because like even when she fights uh, a Red Guardian, she does like the Black Panther like. Yeah, and then there's like a she has like a knife and she does something that um, the Winter Soldier did in mm-hmm. Captain America Two, where it's like a knife move and she drops it and stabs. Oh it. yeah, she, yeah, yeah. And you have the shield, you have the bow and arrow. She does like a flip from Spider Man. That's like yeah. the exact same flip. You know, you get all this other shit. They're like analyzing the fight style or some shit, like Iron Man did. Like, yeah, you get all this shit, and that's what makes characters so cool. But you can't just have that. Characterize yeah. it. Make it a person so we care. Yeah. I don't know. Moving forward, they have they can. I, they're I'm, dro- redeem I'm it. dropping into sixteen. Okay. <laughs> I I really didn't like Taskmaster. It really bummed me out. But I really like <laughs> I really like Yelena. I obviously Scarlett Johansson's been great in this role. Um, she was she was good in this. David Arbor is fantastic though, and I want more of him in the future. Was he the guy in the beginning too? Yeah. How did that work? Did they just make him look old, or is he already old? Did they de-age him, or did they age him at the end? It was probably just like makeup and. So he's younger though. Like the at the beginning was his actual age. What do you mean? Because in the beginning he was like middle aged, and at the end he looked a little bit more old. Well, yeah, I think the, the actor's forty six years old, so I think it was a little bit of de aging and then a little bit of roughing him up. Okay. Um, filling Fair. him with filling him with tattoos and shit and what you call it. People are also they pointing- definitely no they definitely de aged him a little bit because I'm just yeah. looking at a picture of him. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Um. People are saying that uh, one thing about his character is he truly believes he met Captain America. Yeah. And I fucking love that so much. <laughs> it just makes no sense, and he's entirely about it. Well, it's all that fucking Russian, you know, all the, the shit that they did to him. Yeah, I just, it's, that's fucking hilarious. I like the fact that he's, like, wrestling someone. He's like, you're calling me a fucking liar? It breaks his arm. <laughs> when he's absolutely lying. <laughs> Maybe he knows he's lying, and he just doesn't he's but trying then, to be cool. No, because then he goes and asks Black Widow, like, did he talk about me? <laughs> like, why would he talk about you? <laughs> he truly believes he knows this fucking guy. <laughs> um, How did – and, like, that's something they can explain, too. Like, how he got the serum, like the super soldier serum. I'm sure it's in the comics. I don't fucking know. Yeah, but with everything they did with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, you would think, you know. There would be some reference to him. Yeah. Um, Absolutely agree. Yeah, so... Not only that, like, the Winter Soldier was the Russian. That's what I was going to bring up. It confuses me because there's, like, Hydra, which is, like, Russian, but not Russian, but Russian. I don't even know anymore. And then there's... This is, like, actual Russian. I mean, the Winter Soldier had, like, a little Russian star on his arm. Like, he was their guy. Yeah. (laughs) But then they also just had, like, this. So I'm wondering if, like, the Winter Soldier was, like, their bad guy, and he was, like, the front, like, I'm doing good Soviet stuff. propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. I don't know. Is Hydra Russian? No, they're just worldwide organization. Bad. That's what. But it, they're very much like in the comics. I'm sure when Hydra started, it was very much started as like, well, was, yeah, I mean, Russian. You know what I mean? Obviously. That's why it's just funny though, because they have like a fake Russia and Hydra, but then they just went full out like, no, Russia, Russian spies in this. Yeah. I wonder I, how it did in the Russian box office. <laughs> Uh, enjoyment, Ty. How much did you enjoy this movie on a scale from 1 to 20? I gave it a 16. I gave it a 17. Um, I, I had a good time with it. It isn't one of my Marvel favorites. Um, it's lacking in some departments with the villain and, you know, the story could have been better. But overall, it's fucking entertaining. It's a Marvel flick. Um, it's not top-tier stuff, but you're going to have a good time watching it. 
It's not top tier, but I don't... It's right there, though. There's something I just really liked about this film, and I think it really is having seen a Marvel movie in a year and a half and in the fucking IMAX experience. Um, I had a great time. This movie felt like it was 10 minutes long because it was just yeah, fun and action-packed, and I enjoyed it, and I just really enjoyed it. That's all I can really say. I just 17, like, that's up there for me in the tip-top tier, and it was great, man. It was really good. Yeah, Marvel did a good job with it. Um, it's not like I said. There's grounded Captain America Two is a better grounded story with hand to hand combat. Um, you know, there's other stuff that's better, but for what it is, for what it's trying to be, it does a really good job. Um, there's things to take away from it that everyone's gonna like. The family dynamic, the the fight scenes are pretty cool with the different Black Widows and shit. Um, and you know, it's while it looks bad, it's still a fun watch. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so I, now you agree it looks bad. Oh, I, I was just saying, yeah, I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> no, and I, I see people kind of like shitting on it on Twitter a little bit. And I don't know why. Like in what way? Well, like I said, the family thing and like the, the complaints about knowing Natasha lives. And I just, I think there's so much crazy shit going on. You know, you had an Endgame and Infinity War and everything that happened. And all the cosmic shit at Guardians and Captain Marvel and Thor and spider-man and like this is a very this is a grounded movie and like because i saw people on twitter saying like oh it just felt like a dc movie or any casual action flick and it was like well yeah it was more in the line of a casual you know action flick just in terms of the action itself but like it doesn't have to be fucking crazy like you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be crazy to be good and i think some of maybe the casual more casual audience wants you know it's it's you get so much and then you, you scale it back from that craziness and Loki and everything going on there and people don't like it as much. Same reason why a lot of people might not have liked uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as much as the yeah. other two. Don't get me wrong. I did like the other two more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but not because it was more grounded. I just thought the other shows were more compelling and told, you know, even though Falcon and the Winter Soldier did tell a very good story, you know, especially in the social department, just, you know, I was more intrigued by the other stuff. But it wasn't because it was crazy shit going on. I mean, Loki, it was fucking mostly dialogue. Yeah, and I think that's probably what hurts it in terms of public reception um, or perception mm-hmm. is is there's so much cool shit going on that when they turn back the clock and do a grounded story, it doesn't fit in as well and people are expecting all this crazy shit and that's just not what this was going to be. Yeah. Um, what it was trying to be and what it is, is is a good watch. Is it incredible? No, but it's still a good watch. It's just not time-jumping sorcery, you know what I mean, multiverse shit. It's very grounded. The one thing I didn't touch on that I want to, um, there's a lot of title cards, like locations. Yeah. I like that in movies. Makes me feel like I'm playing a video game. I'm indifferent. I don't I don't like them or dislike them. Made me feel like a video game. Like when the Red Room thing popped up, I was like, ooh, this is the final area of the game. <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 80%. Puts it 16th, tied with Captain America, the first Avenger. 16 out of 23 MCU, 24 MCU films. All, uh... Fresh. Even Thor The Dark World, 66%. Credible Hulk? 67. Damn, that's good. And everything outside of that is uh, certified fresh. Iron Man 2, 72. Who do you trust more, Pixar or Marvel? Pixar. Yeah, that's the right answer. Because while Marvel makes a lot of good stuff, and don't, I mean, Infinity War is number one on our scale, but we're biased there. I'm not going to pretend like we're not. Um, I'm not. It's the best movie I've ever watched. Marvel's floor is, or Pixar's floor is higher. Besides Cars 2. Take out Cars 2 and Pixar's floor is higher. Fair. Like, just the 90-plus percenters. I mean, number one, Black Panther, 96. 
Yeah, I mean, we've said what we've said about that movie. Yeah. Iron Man 1, 94. I didn't think that would be as high. Great fucking film. Um, That's another thing where, like, I didn't want to hurt it too much because the villain. Because Iron Man 1, the villain's shit. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just whatever. It's just a character movie. And this was a family movie. And, you know. I think the biggest uh, one is um, Ant-Man and the Wasp with an 87. Ugh. Which is higher Gross. than Avengers Infinity War with an 85. Gross. Because why does Wait, everyone care? what's Infinity War at? 85. That went up. That was 84. Because why does everyone care about the fate of the universe? Why doesn't anyone care about the fate of Pocatusky, Indiana? Yep. Bingo. Pocatusky. I don't even. I'm not even saying. <laughs> Stupid ass fucking review. What's your final score here, Jay? I don't think we ever got it. Uh, I <laughs> it moved down because I you bullied me into doing an 18 for visuals. Yeah. 81. 81. I gave it a 75. Puts us at a 78. Um, combined score. 31st on our list out of, I'm fucking up the ranking here, 80. Oh, we hit 80, Jay. Nice. 31st, same score as Hustlers, a little bit better than Borat, worse than Enola Holmes, better than Prisoners. Feels like it should be higher. What was your score again? Sorry. 75. Feels like it should be higher than that, Ty. uh, There's a six-point difference, and all six points are visuals. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, we're the same. I, it's just, it's an okay Marvel movie, which is good, but 75, it feels like a C. Okay. I don't think it's quite the B of 81. It feels like a C of 75. Feels like a B to me. Um, Armin White has not reviewed this film, so I don't have Ooh. an Armin White review for you. I think, I think he's going to give it fresh. Think so? Yeah, because I feel like it's kind of like the public perception is it isn't up to Marvel standards, which means he's gonna like that about it. I don't know. What, no, he's gonna talk about how they're they're making this fake, misogynistic narrative to fit the feminist movement because women aren't equal to men, but he thinks that they are. But he thinks that women wanting to be equal is wrong and all that bullshit. Whatever he's gonna say about whatever woke Hollywood's trying to do. Well, I typically would agree with you. I feel like that's too easy for him. So this is where he's just going to completely ignore that and just be like, yeah, good movie. I don't know. He ever since, ever since he gave Luca fresh and then deleted, not just his review on Rotten Tomatoes, but his entire review of the film. That made me like him even less. Cause he hundred percent got the gay undertones after he wrote that review and was like, Oh shit. Like I can't, I can't be approving of this, but I can't go back and do a rotten rating. Maybe he'll do it in a few years. <laughs> just try and sneak it in fucking guy um yeah 81 percent on rotten tomatoes i really enjoyed it ty what do we got next week next week jay we have none other than space jam 2 a new legacy oh i want to see that in theaters i feel like that's going to be exponentially better in the theaters yeah and i don't think it's going to be a great film but the first one wasn't either i think it's going to be fun yeah i, I think because they're using other properties too and stuff i think it's just gonna be fun and lebron's an okay actor People give him he shit. was good in a uh, uh, train wreck. Yeah, so I'm like, he's not that bad of an actor. So I, I, I think this is gonna be a good time. Do I think it's gonna be top ten movie on our scale? Not a fucking chance. I don't know. I'm a LeBron fan, but I think it's gonna be a fun watch. It's at 45 percent right now on 11 reviews, which is one percent better than a uh, Space Jam one. So it's gonna be a classic. Which Space Jam one I feel like is like one of the most overrated movies of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Like. I don't know. And everyone's going to shit on this movie and be like, oh, it doesn't live up to the the predecessor. Not realizing that the first movie is also not that good. The first, It's just a family, like just like yeah. this one. It's just a like a kid movie, but it got, It's you just know. grown into this thing that is so much more than it was. Yeah. 
I mean, it did make like two hundred fifty million at the box office, which is a lot back then. But that's the MJ effect. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm probably going to see this in theaters. This will be a good watch. It'll be dumb. It'll be fun. It'll be what it is. Um, I'll probably get like a sixty-one is my prediction. Okay, I think that's fair. Twelves on everything, and then one thirteen. Okay, for characters because LeBron. (laughs) Um, After that, we have a movie that I just vigorously don't care about. Okay, Um, and I hope it's on HBO Max because I don't want to go to the theaters watching. That's Snake Eyes. I've never seen a GI Joe movie. Oh, I saw the. We're watching that. You've been doing the schedule. It's the only thing out that week. Find something to replace it. Gross. I saw the previews for that, and I was like, that looks so dumb. Yeah, it's the biggest movie out that week. Give me something to replace it, and I gladly will. I'm, I literally brought it up to you saying I don't care about this movie. Wow. Snake Eyes. You got Free Guy on there, right? Yeah, that's not until August 13th. We have like four movies until then. I think we're going to be stuck watching it. Hey, do you ever watch Nobody? No. It's on Voodoo. Riley's dad bought it. You yeah, need to watch it. I don't it's have to log in. It kicks me out every time. Like I watch one movie, and then I wait two months, and I get kicked out, and then I feel bad for asking for the login again. I'll ask for you. Uh, random Rotten, Ma- Rotten Tomatoes movie guess for Tyler to end the podcast. Score guess. Uh, so this is Black Widow. Widow Correct. is a spider. spider. A Black Widow is a spider. So what film Spider-Man 3. No, it's not even out yet. No, the ta- Raimi Spider-Man 3 where he has the black Spider-Man suit. think I would do another Marvel movie? That's too easy. I mean, it's a black spider. I went with Charlotte's Web. The okay. 2006 comedy slash drama... 148 reviews, over 250,000 audience scores, audience ratings. Oh, I so, so don't remember this movie. Did you go on the field trip to go watch it in the movie theater in yeah. third grade? Me too. I was there. That's the only time that, I've ever me too. watched it. <laughs> me too. I haven't watched it since then. Charlotte's Web. Prediction, this is the, my, the one I'm the farthest off on. You think so? The entire time we've done it. Because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to go middle of the road, say 63%. Certified fresh, 78%. I mean, I was 15 off. Do we need to go back and rewatch this film? No. No, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) I just vigorously don't care. The story of a pig and a spider becoming best friends, Ty. How is that not something to care about? Is that like a live-action pig, too, right? Yeah. How'd that look? I don't know. Charlotte's Web, 2006 film. I mean, he's he's a pig. He is a pig. Just a random little girl. Why do I feel like this little girl's famous now? She kind of looks like Reese Witherspoon. She does look like Reese Witherspoon. It's obviously not Reese Witherspoon. Sure. Yeah, because it... (laughs) Dakota Fanning. No. Really? No, she is famous. Is it Dakota Fanning? Yeah. So she's famous. Yeah, she's not Reese Witherspoon. No, but she's in stuff. Uh, Yeah. I nailed that. I saw her. I was like, that isn't just like a child actor who only did this. Like, she's in other stuff. Yeah, Dakota Fanning. She's she's a well-known. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ocean's 8. She's oh. not big, big, but she's 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 a name. You know the name. Yeah. Good um, call, Ty. Twilight, part two. Breaking Dawn. She was in the Twilight movie. She was in the Twilight franchise. Good, she for, was, good for her. She was Coraline Jones in Coraline. Okay. That's cool, too. Um, there's a film. Oh, called- I was thinking Dakota Johnson. I thought that was like her sister or something different. Dakota. You thought they were sisters because they're both their first names were Dakota. I just was thinking of this actress and I couldn't. I just had. To, <laughs> she's Fifty Shades of uh, Grey girl. Oh, 
Yeah, let's talk about those movies. That's all I got for you, Ty. Should we review those movies? No. Are you sure? Uh, maybe if we ever get Trevor Bauer on the pod. Um, so I know we're more like a movie thing, and we only kind of talk about Marvel shows, but Victoria has been watching the Netflix show Sex Life. Okay. Um, it's just porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the worst show I think I've ever watched. Wow, okay. Um, it's on it's, Netflix? It's just like, it's like Fifty Shades of Grey, where it's just like women porn. Just let her watch it, bro. No, it's fine. You know, I'll glance at the TV every once in a while, but like, it's just women porn, and it's on Netflix, and it's like it's like trending and one of the top shows. And I didn't know where else to say this, so I just <laughs> really thought I'm gonna talk about it. All right, <laughs> that's all. It's well, just porn. I'm glad you. I'm glad you got that out. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> um, what's next week? I forgot already. Space Jam. Space Jam next week. And you get married. And I'm getting married. Is that the no, no, no. Week after. Well, next weekend. Yeah. This next weekend. W- this weekend, Space Jam. Next weekend, I'm going to have to leave my wedding early to go watch Snake. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got nothing going on on Friday. Maybe we all go out together Friday night and go. That'll be your last movie ever watched as a non-married man. Gross. As a, Do you say single man? Because you're obviously not single, but I don't what's, know. what's the correct term there? Bachelor. As a bachelor is Snake Eyes. That is that's that a pretty is like bachelor a pre- movie. Though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.